You're listening to Vanguard Radio. Welcome to the broadcast. This is the 28th edition of Truth is No Defense. Uh, tonight we have a special guest, Alex from Germany. Uh, listeners may recall Alex appeared in an earlier episode of this broadcast. Tonight we're going to discuss the recent elections in Germany, and uh, Alex will be offering his analysis on what it all means. Uh, as listeners may know, the quote, far right, unquote, as it is termed, made gains in recent elections there. Welcome to the broadcast, Alex. Hello, Jeff. Well, okay. Nice to be on your broadcast. Well, thank you. In, um, in, uh, Mech- let me give the uh, listeners a bit of background so they can come up to speed. Uh, in Mecklenburg, uh, western Pomerania, uh, this is a rural area uh, which uh, borders Poland. Uh, and which includes, uh, ironically, Mrs. Uh, the current Prime Minister's uh, home consist- constituency. The NPD uh, secured six seats in a 71-member parliament there. Uh, this is according to BBC. This is a, a significant rise from the last uh, polling uh, when it managed to secure less than 1% of the vote. Uh, two states in the former communist eastern journey, uh, Germany have already followed, uh, already have far-right MPs, and um, also the NPD also has lawmakers in the state of Saxony following the elections of 2004. Another far-right party, the German People's Union, or DVU, uh, entered, the parlam- entered parliament uh, from the state of Brandenburg. So, I guess if I were an American somewhat ignorant of uh, German politics, I'd have to ask, who or what is the NPD? The NPD is one of the German nationalist parties. Um, I think the other one is... um, I don't know if we call it a national party, but it is at least paleoconservative. Is the Republikaner. And the other nationalist party is called DVU, which is the German People's Union. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the NPD, compared to the other two, is the more extreme party. Mm-hmm. With the more extreme views on uh, nationalism and on immigration and, of course, on the economy. So these changes... Um the BBC article uh, indicated that uh, the, the the NPD jumped from 1% to 7%, and I think that's a significant number, isn't it? Doesn't that mean something in uh, in the politics of Germany? Uh, um, of course, it means uh, many things, because the last election was, uh, I think, four or five years ago in Mecklenburg, uh, that would be 2001-2002, and back then... Um, the the protest within the Mecklenburg population was not as so strong as it is now. And um, back then um, there was already a protest potential, but they had uh, co-opted for the other protest party, which is the communist, the PDS or left party, as it is known. Ah. Um, and this left party was... Um, was in power together with the SPD in the last years in Mecklenburg-Vorpommern. And it showed to the people there that it is no true alternative, and it could not solve the problems of the people there. And that's why many people uh, rather either stayed home and didn't vote at all, or voted uh, for the uh, other protest parties, such as the NPD, 
or the liberal and libertarian party called uh, FTP, which is uh, a free Democrats party. Now uh, this is uh, this, but five percent. Now that means something, doesn't it? When you when when a party gets over five percent, I mean that in in German electoral politics, this means something uh, larger, doesn't it? Yes, um, the anger in Mecklenburg-Vorpommern has been building for over years now, because um, uh, as um, the, the, the high unemployment, which was the result of unification uh, with West Germany, had um, instilled very much anger in the people, and the left party was always there to catch up this angry potential of the people. The left party was always there to absorb the anger of these people. Uh-huh. But now the left party has um, was uh, on, was in power itself and uh, was unable to solve the problems of the people. Um, this, I think, was uh, something which eventually uh, um, helped the NPD win so many percentages of the voters. Now, uh, do you see then this NPD, this rise in the NPD, uh, do you see it just really as a protest phenomenon, or do people, ideologically, are people in Mecklenburg, the the voters of uh, Mecklenburg uh, Pomerania, Western Pomerania, are they ideologically in line with the NPD, or are they just doing this to protest? This is a very good question, and I don't have the definite answer to it. It is true that um, after reunification of Germany, um, the nationalist, or I might say the neo-Nazi movement in Germany, was very, very small, very, didn't have a big infrastructure. And they decided back then that um, it was a time to start all over. And since um, Eastern Germany proved such a, uh, such a, uh, to be such a great potential for protest voters and for ideological pro- voters, many of the West German, I might say neo-Nazi leaders, decided to move there where, uh, for example, um, mm. everything is cheaper, and mm-hmm. you can live pretty well, and you yes. can um, work better. Uh, you can uh, work as an activist, as an activist, yes. uh, much better than in West Germany, because in Eastern Germany you have no foreigners. Um, the state apparatus was not did need many Awful. years to catch up mm-hmm. with the West police forces and uh, secret service, for example. Um, And the third point would be, um, of course, uh, unemployment, the social injustice. And the fourth point, which is also very important, East Germans, as proved by government studies over the years, um, are actually anti-immigrant. They have this anti-immigrant and anti-foreigner sentiment. This is yes. already there. And Mecklenburg-Vorpommern, this is also a study uh, from the year 2001-2002 when the NPD in Mecklenburg got only 1% of the vote. Even back then, more than 30% of the citizens of Mecklenburg-Vorpommern had showed 
very high anti-immigrant and anti-foreigner sentiments. So, well, um, we here on VNN, I think I speak for most mm -hmm. people on VNN. We consider this sentiment very healthy and very a very good thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, mm -hmm. I think the uh, whatever the reason, I, uh, I I I think that this is a very healthy reaction of the people of Western. Uh, Mecklenburg, Western Pomerania. So that that's very good news. You know, it, there's a similar mm -hmm. sort of phenomenon happening here. I, I I think that you know people are some some nationalists. I think are moving are maybe moving to the interior of this nation to get away from mm -hmm. the coasts. Uh, you know, the eastern and western coasts of this country because they've become so hostile to uh, to mm -hmm. people who are nationalistic, uh, white racially nationalistic people. Uh, and I think there's going to be an increased movement of people away from places like California and uh, and the you know New York and the East Coast. I I think we're going to be seeing more of that in, in this country too. But anyway, um, uh, so uh, what I what I wanted to kind of get at a little earlier was um, uh, Americans need to understand that Germany has a federal system of politics that in some ways can be likened to what we have here. Uh, uh, although it's quite different in some aspects too, but so we have this situation, Alex, in these um, in these uh, uh, states, we'll call them, of uh, of Eastern mm -hmm. Germany, uh, like mm -hmm. uh, Saxony uh, and uh, and uh, Mecklenburg and uh, Mecklenburg Western Pomerania, where mm -hmm. these people of these states are electing uh, 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 the NPD in particular in greater number, and they're sitting in their own state parliaments is that right That's in their right, own yes. and then so how does each, that affect each, each, oh, okay. mm, go ahead each each uh, each state has its own state parliament mm -hmm. and, and how does uh, that you are voting every four or every every five years for mm -hmm. the state parliament and uh, beyond that you f you vote every five years for the national parliament which is uh -huh. uh, for all uh, germany then you have the votes for the European Parliament, which is oh also my. every five years, I think. And then, of course, uh, you are voting for the small communal and city councils, which mm. take place in each state differently also. And now, the march of the... Yeah. This is also important. The march of the NPD to the state parliament had previously gone through the city parliaments. The NPD already had seats in various city parliaments, in various city councils in Mecklenburg, even before uh, they got in uh, now with 7.3%. They already had um, uh, seats in the various city councils of Mecklenburg and already had an impact over the local oh. politics. Of so small towns, small cities and villages. They didn't no, suddenly no, appear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were This up. is important. Yes, exactly. This is important because in the past it was always so that right-wing parties in Germany and I think in the rest of the world also silently um, got elected because they occupied an issue which mainstream parties or establishment parties didn't dare uh, touch. And uh, after the issue got solved, or the issue just disappeared for whatever, uh -huh. for whatever reason, these parties um, 
dramatically lost votes in the last election. But the NPD this time, in Mecklenburg at least, um, did go an entire different strategy by building from, from down up and firstly entering the various local city councils first. There's a lot of and wisdom the, in this. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, tr- I'm trying yes. to, uh, uh, it, on the forum, I've got a section where I'm trying to encourage uh, 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 people to, to, to move into one particular area of the, of the country, particularly a small town uh, in some county where we can, uh, where we can, uh, uh, or we can see right now everyone on, on frequently like BNN or wherever, we're all spread out across this country and we, we have mm-hmm. no strength. Mm-hmm. We have no political strength, but, but if we can come and concentrate our energies in one area, uh, we can influence the local government and, uh, the small local government, we can influence our surroundings. And this is exactly what the NPD yes, have done. And, and they've, they've built up. It just didn't appear uh, out of nowhere like, like, the, like uh, snapping their fingers and they, and they got 7% into the state parliament. So this, this, is, a very good, um, this is a very good lesson. Now, mm-hmm. Alex. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. Now, because the situation in Germany was exactly like yours in the USA mm-hmm. before 16 years ago. The, the scene, the movement was very structured and it was spread uh, all over Germany. And with their unification, with their reunification, many thought it was time to start all over again. And many important leaders of the movement and cadres and many activists moved into the eastern states, particularly Mecklenburg and Saxony, and started building up there uh, locally. So Americans, I think we ought to start moving into the interior of this country or the west, some of the western mountain states, and and start doing the same thing. Uh, and this is a sixteen. Alex is suggesting here to us listeners that this is a sixteen-year-old effort. That this effort yes. began after unification, which was nineteen eighty-nine, and it's only now bearing fruit. And so yes. this is a long-term project. And thank you very much for that perspective. Mm-hmm. And to and to and to enter in the city councils, um, the activists in the various cities or towns or even w- villages um, didn't didn't always took the party line. This of the NPD. Many just formed uh, various citizens' initiatives. Uh-huh. Um, which were independ- independent from the NPD. Independent this, uh, people. Yes, independent people, independent candidates of various uh, citizens' initiatives. The problem was that many establishment parties no longer represented um, the feelings and the issues the people had locally. And mm-hmm. through this citizens' Uh, citizen initiatives, um, the local activists could um, absorb the anger of the, the anger of the people and the issues of the people locally, and become very well known in the in the city or in the town or in the village, and from there on built the local chapters, got into city councils, and now into city parliament, and, uh, and now into state parliament. 
this is how it needs to be done. I've, I have attended city council meetings in my town, Alex, and I can tell you that all these mayors and all these city councilmen, all they're interested in doing is making deals with businessmen. That's it. Mm-hmm. They, they are only interested in making deals with rich companies. That's it. That's all mm-hmm. they want to do. They want to, they want to uh, trade the land of the city for businesses, uh, car dealerships, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, they are interested mm-hmm. in nothing else. They're not interested in, in, our, in our illegal alien problem and how much it costs us. They're not interested in, in, in crime, in particularly. Uh, they're not interested in anything. All they want to do is make these deals for to businessmen, and 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 there's a lot of people that are angry about that. I've been to these meetings, and uh, and a lot of them are on the left, and so that's why we need to talk to the left more because uh, they show up. These some of these lefties show up at these meetings, the left parties, the left groups, the left independent people, and they're mad, and and they and they're trying to stop this stuff. And they're very motivated, and uh, and we need to we need to take a, a lesson from that. Now, yes, what I wanted course. to, for example, one thing what? I wanted to add to that, uh, for example, many um, successful citizen initiatives of the early 90s in Mecklenburg were nationalist initiatives, which were against um, asylum seekers' houses, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Mecklenburg state had forced a town in Mecklenburg to accept a housing, public housing, for asylum seekers, and none of the establishment parties dared touch upon this issue. And then just um, and then German activists in Mecklenburg just started an initiative, um, often under very civil name just like um, better living in town X I just name it's one town it's it's not Uh important which one and the people of course uh, mm, saw themselves represented in these initiatives and in some cases and not in all cases these initiatives had been successful in um, in uh, in, in enforcing the town's decision to not accept uh, asylum seekers asylum seekers in the town, and by that, of course, this is a major boost in reputation. And from that from that point on, it's very easy to get into city uh, to get seats into city uh, council uh, in the le- in the next election. See, they built, the NPD built a platform, they built a power base very locally in towns and, uh, uh, and so forth, and, and they, they were, you had a determined minority of people, uh, and independent people, not just the NPD, who were very determined, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and they were able to push the whole community, or at least some part of that community, into their direction. That's, that's a very important exactly. lesson we need to learn. And uh, well, I think what we've seen here a lot in this country is um, people that want to go for the top immediately. Uh, they they and and you know they want to like run for president uh, or you know or, or run for a, a senator or a congressman's position as a white nationalist and and uh, I, you know that may generate a lot of excitement, but it won't last long. And, uh, and that, that person will lose and they'll go away. But, um, you know, when, when you get people behind you locally, you can, you can stay for years 
and and continue to influence and um what what I wanted to ask you about though and um, this is kind of the German federal system here so now that we have a, a, a the this, the NPD has 7% in in this one state of Mecklenburg Western Pomerania what does that mean in terms of the German federal parliament i think that's called the Bundestag yes the Bundestag yeah what does that mean for um, for that or does it mean anything it doesn't mean anything because the okay. NPD of course um it is um it is so that every law that has been that has passed the Bundestag must be accepted by every each um state parliament in Germany for now example is this called the the Land, Landstag or is, is that what it's called Landstag uh, genau Landstag, Landestag yeah. Landestag, yeah, Landestag. Okay. Yeah. Um, for example, there was a law for the very unpopular social cuttings called Hartz IV. This law was decided and was voted through in the in the national parliament, in the Bundestag, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But before the law can come, uh, can can be put into practice. Into practice, it must be accepted by each and every one of the state parliaments. There, uh, you, you only need one state parliament to, uh, to not accept the law and um, oh. the law can, cannot, put, cannot be put in practice. So these, uh, these state parliaments or Landestags, they do have mm -hmm. power. They do have power. They do have some power, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, let's um, let's go over something. Uh, there's two things you've posted recently, and these have to do with the numbers. And I'll I'll have uh, I'll mm -hmm. have this link uh, when I post this. I'll have this link so viewers can follow along with this interview. And now you've mentioned uh, to us that uh, I'm looking at this post you put up uh, uh, some one week ago, Alex, and uh, it had to do mm -hmm. with these blue these blue boxes. Uh, that that had all these numbers in them, and uh, I think the politically minded people here that are interested in politics, um, serious politics, and the numbers will be interested in this. And so, um, what do these numbers mean? These these are different parties here, and I think it's telling us what parties uh, won how much, and then and then what kind of demographic as far as age and 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 maybe income and women. So who who's voting for the NPD? I guess. Who votes for them? Yes, um, all these numbers are in percentages, which means that um, if we take it, the, the graphic of of male and uh, female voters, that mm -hmm. for example, female voters um, did only only four percent of the female voters did vote for the NPD while at mm. the same time 10% of the male voters decided to vote for the NPD. Um, I think the vast majority of the people who voted for the party were first and foremost young German males aged mm -hmm. between 18 and 24. Mm -hmm. The second group that uh, chose to vote the NPD were the unemployed and the third group, the third biggest group, the blue collar workers. So I think uh, that um, yes, I think that um, the youth and the socially deprived 
people of Mecklenburg decided to vote for the NPD. So let's see what we let's let's uh, summarize that for any American white nationalist uh, uh, potential leader that's listening here. We've got we've got young people, young men, young men, and yes. those who are are not doing well in society economically. Uh, those are yes. the people that that have turned to the NPD for for an answer, uh, a political yes. answer. Okay. That, that's yes. a very and and it is very important that the NPD managed to take also nine percent of the self-employed people that will oh. be small businessmen. Small this business is also man. very important. The, yes, this is also important. Um, it hasn't become only a party of the workers, but it also managed to catch some small part of the businessmen vote. Which is uh, very good, I think. It, it's a mixture. We need both. We need working class and middle class people, and I think that is uh, that is very important and very interesting. You know, Alex, so uh, this this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this so this shows us clearly that the the, uh, the votes the NPD got was not only protest votes. I uh, you've introduced a number, especially since our first interview, and I've had some subsequent conversations with you about capitalism and uh, and they've been very mm-hmm. interesting uh americans uh uh this word capitalism to them is uh i think associated with um with communist propaganda that is when mm-hmm. american hears the word capitalist they 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 think that's a, a marxist attack upon business and uh and mm-hmm. and uh, but but in fact you know uh that's not nece- you shouldn't think in terms of that i think I think when you're criticizing capitalism, you're you're criticizing like international, uh, uh, global corporations. I criticize, yes, I criticize for and foremost the big business. This is the people I criticize the most. I criticize those who do not work uh, for their money, but let their money work for them. Yes, I criticize those who have managed to, to um, either by 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 inheriting or by cheating or by whatever, um, acclaiming a big amount of capital, and letting this capital work for them. This is not an. This is not a, a criticism of the. Uh, you know, America used to be like England too. Used to be built on on smaller, middle-sized companies, uh, local shops, local super. I can remember when I was young, Alex, yes. having local grocery yes. stores, and these were not some tiny little places. These were they they could be big in terms of size, physical size, but they were they were they were stores that were owned by people local to the community, and um, and 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 as such, these people were known. Uh, in the community, and uh, and I'm very much in favor of that sort of thing. But um, uh, you know, this is something. This is a point that you've brought up that I, I think a lot of white nationalists really have to consider as well. Um, and anyway, uh, that's kind of a, an aside. Uh, go back and listen to our interview that I did with Alex some months ago, and you can um, you can get uh, some of Alex's insights. They were pretty new to me then, and, and I, I've thought about them a lot since then. So anyway, that'll be in the archives if you want to listen to that. Okay, so that's kind of the breakdown. I'll have this link uh, to the um, uh, to these numbers. 
Uh, Alex, you also posted something today that was uh, rather interesting in the forum. Uh, and this may be our last topic because it's kind of late for you uh, in mm -hmm. Germany right now. And this has to do with um, the situation with in well in France in particular, uh, but it, it, I think it affects the, all the European parties that I know of anyway that I have some knowledge of, and, and, and this includes uh, in Belgium, and I think in and this is an outsider looking at them, mm -hmm. but in, and also in the UK. But the, the article has to do with the Front National, which is Jean-Marie Le Pen's party. And there seems to be some sort of uh, movement among these parties to, I don't, I don't know, to, to lose their, their ideological strength, uh, to, to, mm -hmm. to kind of um, compromise their principles to some degree. And could you comment on this article a little bit, Alex, that you posted? Yes, exactly. It's an article about um, the daughter of Le Pen, who uh, apparently, we don't know it, will succeed her father after he has quit from politics. And uh, this article is from Spiegel Online. And in this article, um, Spiegel Online represents to the readers of the article what exactly the political ideas and issues of the daughter of Le Pen are and um, one thing is sure they are not nationalist they are absolutely not nationalist and mm -hmm. I think this is very uh, very important and very dangerous because the Front National has already always have been since 84 when they made the major bre breakthrough has been um, a role model for all European parties and um, it could be very dangerous because many leaders of various nations in Europe um, might decide to reform I will use that, so that word uh, might uh -huh. uh, decide to reform their own nationalist parties also and uh, I think that is a very uh, it's, a, it's a wrong thing to do it's exactly, exactly the opposite of what needs to be done and so, by reform, you mean make uh, alliances with um, with big business and the liberal parties, for instance. Yes, yes, exactly. And um, and watering your your message down and and uh, becoming more mainstream, not by pushing your radical views to the mainstream, by by watering down your own views to be accepted by the mainstream. This uh, this is for me unacceptable. Well, mm -hmm. I was concerned about the Front National for some years now, but um, Le Pen. Uh, I, I think it was in the last election when Le Pen made it second in the mm -hmm. French election. Yes. And at least back then, Le Pen had promised to pull out uh, France from the EU, uh, from from the EU, and this was at least a step forward. But um, now the, the Mrs. Le Pen, I don't recall her name, what was it, Marina? Mm -hmm. I don't know. The daughter of Le Pen um, doesn't even want to pull out France from, uh, from the EU. Mm. And this is uh, unacceptable. Yeah, I, I, I have, uh, I have um, not uh, watched the Front National very closely, but I've watched the BNP and I've watched a smaller, well, maybe not smaller in uh, in Belgium, but I've watched another party, the uh, Vlaams Bloc, uh, Vlaams Belong, 
and they have they I think from from my outside interpretation they have really gone over and become a sort of a reactionary kind of conservative pol- uh, group and uh, and uh, I I you know I don't fully understand the dynamics within Belgium uh, of course they have they have their, their they have kind of a, a language uh, a war there a language and cultural war mm-hmm. going on there a little bit too mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. between the French and kind of the Germanic speaking uh, part of that country but um, mm-hmm. uh, but from what I see politically they they seem to be kind of evolving into this kind of uh, uh, reactionary law and order kind of uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, party willing to make a lot of deals with uh, established interests and uh, mm. uh, that uh, to me to me that's, that's exactly like the dialectic the wrong way right? to go yeah this exactly the wrong way to go because um, and in that point it's interesting to look at the history of the NPD itself because the NPD is a very old German party it has existed ah. from 1964 um, and back then, in 1964, when the NPD was uh, came into existence, it was the very, the very same party as today would be the Front National or the BNP, or even worse. It was a very almost conservative party. It was very mm-hmm. business-oriented. It was ah. pro-Western culture. It was pro-American and it was fanatically anti-communist. Of course, back then, um, most people still believed in capitalism and unemployment was nearly zero. And um, it is interesting to see that the NPD took the exact opposite trend than all the other European parties. The first change came, came in the mid-80s even before the Berlin Wall came down, the NPD dropped all the free enterprise and free market policies that it had and adopted many of the of the national revolutionary ideas of the um, back then new right in Europe, so to speak. And mm-hmm. it was, in essence, many socialist issues and many socialist ideas and the NPD transformed in the 80s. Then of course the fall of the Berlin Wall came, uh, the mass unemployment in East Germany and uh, this transformation came in very handy so to speak. Um, The next point would be in uh, 1996 when uh, Udo Udo Vogt became the Chancellor of the NPD um, all the other nationalist parties in Europe today distance thems- themselves from the more radical forces outside, from the skinheads, from the neo-Nazis, from the so-called thugs. The NPD, since uh, uh, since this change in the chancery of the movement came, uh, did the exact opposite thing. It worked with the uh, with the skinheads. It worked with uh, activists, it worked with the radical forces outside of the party. And without the Kameradschaften, um, the 7.3% in Mecklenburg would be, would, would never be succeeded. Because the NPD only controlled, only managed to control uh, Mecklenburg itself, but uh, Western Pomania was, 
was more or less under the control of the various local Kameradschaften. Um, one thing, uh, you mentioned the American equation, the American component in, in German politics, and you told me something that I knew, but when you told it to me, it really hit me like an arrow, and that was um, the Russians, uh, the Russians, uh, maybe some listeners tonight don't know this, but uh, after 1945, Germany was occupied mainly by two powers, uh, uh, basically the United States and the Soviet Union. And um, and it remained uh, occupied by those two powers. Uh, well, huh, well, let me finish. It remained basically occupied by those two powers until 1989. And in 1989, uh, the Russian or Soviets uh, army and all their bureau, their all their leaders and and all their uh, officers and and their uh, power center left Germany. And now the only occupying power in Germany today. Well, guess what, folks? It's the United States. And so uh, you need to ask yourself, uh, 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 you think you're an American, and, and you know Americans are just uh, noble people, and uh, we don't interfere in other people's affairs. Well, we're still occupying, and in what in many cases is the ancestral home of a lot of Americans in, in Europe. So uh, that really kind of uh, woke me up about the intentions of the United States. Uh, so um, yes, uh, uh, the USA still has military bases in uh, in uh, Germany, but I don't want to be totally unfair because we have yes. British sh soldiers also on German soil, and I yes. think a few French soldiers also. Oh my! Oh so my. the entire Western Allies still occupy parts of the land. Yes. Yes, so that's something to consider uh, uh, when you're listening to this tonight. But anyway, we are most grateful. Uh, I, I am uh, uh, always interested in what's going on in Europe, and we've had a glimpse tonight not only of what happened with Germany uh, uh, recently, but a little bit uh, on some of the neighboring countries. And um, I would like mm -hmm. to, again, uh, thank you, Alex. Uh, I won't keep you any more because I know it's very late there. And uh, and I know you got up early this morning because you posted something on the forum. So it's been a pretty yes. long day for you. And um, we'll sign yes, off exactly. now. Mr. Thank um, you for being on your show. Okay. Free your mind of its alleged thought crimes with Vanguard Radio.